You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another Mock Draft Monday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. We're looking on today's episode at trading up. What trade up possibilities do the Saints have in the first round and throughout? We have two seven-round mock drafts for you to choose from again this week. One with a trade up in the first and another without where we're able to trade our way into building a competitive draft ahead of the 2021 season. We'll get to those mocks right after we check out Benjamin Solak's Draft Network mock, which sends the Saints a starting corner at 28. So which of the top corners heads to New Orleans in the latest TDN mock? Let's find out. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host for the Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of Lanyap for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Family, we jumping into our Mock Draft Monday episode. And speaking of Mock Drafts, want to remind you, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 can be found wherever you get your podcasts on the Odyssey app, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Just search Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. First episode is up today, and I'm incredibly proud of it. So please go check it out. Support, rate, review. Let's see how high we can drive this bad boy up the charts to be incredible. Six episode series going on to get you the first round and beyond of our NFL mock draft. All right, so we're looking at mock drafts here, right? It's mock draft Monday after all. Benjamin Solak put up his new mock draft over at the Draft Network and had some pretty interesting things in there, including the Atlanta Falcons, of course, taking Kyle Pitts at pick number four because they'd be insane not to. The Carolina Panthers trading back from eight to 13 with the San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers. They were still able to uh, select Rashawn Slater there and give their new quarterback, Sam Darnold, some protection, even had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trading out of the first round entirely. And you talk about a team that has enough going on already in terms of their roster that they can afford to trade out of the first round. Tampa Bay's probably that team. So New Orleans trying to keep pace with Tampa Bay here ends up filling a huge hole on their defense. Remember, the Saints are actually pretty okay over on the offensive side. Offensive line is fine. They could still use some attention to depth there. Running back's fine. Quarterback is, you know, going to be a question mark because we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be, although most of us are fairly certain it's going to be Jameis Winston. And then, you know, if it's not Jameis Winston, then it's Taysom Hill. So you kind of have a pretty good idea of where they're going there. And then wide receiver could use a little bit of love, but it's really the defensive side where the Saints need some improvement. They need to fill holes. This is weird for us. We're walking into, as as folks that cover the team and as fans of the team, an NFL draft where the Saints actually have to draft to fill needs. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting to watch this happen because it's been a while, but this is what happens when the salary cap drops. So you have the Saints in Benjamin Solak's first round who have a need at edge rusher, have a need on the interior defensive line, have a need at the second level and have a need at cornerback. They address that cornerback position with Greg Newsom falling all the way down to pick number 28 for the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to read the blurb here that uh, Ben wrote about Greg Newsom. Newsom is a great fit. He can rock man coverage uh, from off alignments and is clever and quick in zone. 
He's a sound tackler in space. I'm not sure that you love him in press year one, which is where you want Lattimore. So there are a few wrinkles to figure out early, but talent sticks and Newsom, when healthy, is as talented a corner as there is in this class. So Greg Newsom is obviously a phenomenal option for the New Orleans Saints coming out of Northwestern, six foot one, 190 pounds. He's basically Marshawn Lattimore in terms of his build, right? In terms of his physical build. But the toughness, the, comp- the, the competitiveness, all of these things also ring true when it comes to Greg Newsom, who, yes, is coming out of a Big Ten school, just like uh, just like Marshawn Lattimore, of course. So the similarities continue to pile in there. But the thing that I really enjoy about Greg Newsom and that I appreciate that Benjamin Select highlighted here is that you could put him in man coverage, you could put him in zone coverage. Now, if you put him in man coverage, you wanna, you're want you going to want to put him off the line of scrimmage a little bit, back him up, not have him press at least early on in his career, unless Chris Richard, who's going to bring intensity, who's going to bring physicality, who's going to bring all of that to the New Orleans Saints secondary and really push that as a coach. We saw him do that in Seattle. We saw him do that in Dallas. This is something that he'll bring in terms of his tenet of toughness and his tenet of intensity. Those will be present. So there is a chance that you it, it clicks for uh, Greg Newsom, and all of a sudden he can play and be that physical guy. He certainly puts the effort out there, but maybe you'll have to see how it pans out early on in his NFL career before you just start swinging for the fences with him. But he brings a lot to you. You can put him in man coverage. You can put him in zone coverage. So he's scheme versatile. He's got good ball skills. 21 passes defended in 15 games over his college career. Only one interception, but you like his ability to be able to affect the catch point regardless. One of the things that is noted by, uh, I believe it was Kyle Krabs who wrote this scouting report. Yes, Kyle Krabs scouting report of him, uh, of Greg Newsom over at the Draft Network is that more often than not, opposing quarterbacks passed on testing him at all in 2021, or excuse me, in 2020 in coverage. So you like that, right? You like the guy that's not even getting attention because quarterbacks don't want to throw his way. Now, no matter what, he resets to, to, to zero once he gets to the NFL. He gets to the NFL, he's a rookie, he's going to get targeted. But if he's able to show some early resilience, I guess, to being tested, then obviously that works really well for the New Orleans Saints. Now, Greg Newsom tested very well at his pro day as well with a 43940 and a 40-yard dash that helped to raise his relative athletic score per at MathBomb on Twitter to a 9.66, one of the highest in the class of cornerbacks. And then you look at his length, there are some places where you wish it was a little bit better. He's in lower percentiles, 37th uh, in terms of arm length, uh, 20th percentile in terms of wingspan. But again, his ball skills help to make up for those types of measurements. Interesting tidbit here from Mock Draftable, one of the cornerbacks in the NFL right now that actually measures up well. And when I say measure up, I really mean in terms of the physical and the athletic profiles, not necessarily from a talent or football IQ perspective, just physical athletic profile. One of the cornerbacks that is most comparable to Greg Newsom is actually Saints cornerback Ken Crawley. Now, again, the output is not why I bring that out, right? Potential output in terms of his career as a producer. What I mean is simply that his athletic profile, his physical profile match that which we have seen the Saints show interest in before. Greg Newsom would be a great selection for the New Orleans Saints at pick number 28. But that's assuming that they stay put at pick number 28. And that's what we're going to explore through the rest of the episode. What if the Saints were to trade up? What types of options are there for them? Why would they do it? And is there enough of a reason to really pull off a big trade to move up even into the early teens? We'll talk about that moving up into the early 20s, all of that coming up as we continue on with our Mock Draft Monday episode here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network 
your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy to your partner's life. Using diamonds that are responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light to your partner's life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so that you can give something truly special and truly meaningful. So if you're in the hunt for the perfect unique ring that will be treasured forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. This won't be around for long either. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. And after you get your ring on and your bling on, you might as well go get your cha-ching on with our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You've got the NBA, you've got NHL, you've got the MLB, NFL draft props on the way, a ton coming up over at betonline.ag and a ton already there because they also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV as well with real updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news and scores as well. So it's simply the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Once again, betonline.ag. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, all caps. That's going to get you that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Right, Huda Nation rolling right along with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Don't forget that the Locked On Podcast Network is also covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes, their podcast, for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more about live draft coverage days one, two, and three. We have a ton of on the way for you as we get through draft season. And you know, we always try to do it big here on Locked on Saints as well. So I've got two seven round mock drafts for you, which include trade ups throughout the draft. So in the first one that we'll talk about here, the Saints, I have them trading up in the first round. In another, we don't have them trading up in the first round, but we trade around a bunch and trade up a bunch in the later parts of the round. So I kind of wanted to explore both of those options because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really see a reason for the Saints to trade up in this year's draft. I know that it sounds strange, but I've seen folks tease the idea of trading up to 14-15, which would include a Marcus Davenport type trade, right? Trading this year's first, next year's first, probably a late round pick from this year. So remember, the Saints did that. They moved from 27 to 14. So let's say that they moved from 28 to 15. It would take the exact same compensation in order for them to do that. And unless... Justin Fields or Trey Lance, a quarterback is falling in, into the early teens, and maybe you want to trade up with the Minnesota Vikings at 14, which again would cost you this year's first, next year's first, and then probably 
one of those third round compensatory picks more than likely since we could trade compensatory picks in this world now. So if you were to go and do that, I think you have to do that for a quarterback. I don't think you do that for a corner. Uh, JC Horn maybe would be the only one that makes sense. You certainly don't do that for an edge rusher again in this class, or at least you shouldn't. You certainly don't do it for a wide receiver. I don't really see a real reason to trade up that much unless one of the quarterbacks is falling. That's just my opinion though, right? People may disagree. Some folks may feel like, hey, trade this year's first, next year's first, next year's second, and this year's second, and get into the top 10, or at least as close to the top 10 as possible to go and get your quarterback. That's fine. Or some people feel like, hey, this corner is can't miss. This offensive tackle is can't miss. That might be, but do you really need to give up next year's first in order to get there? Now, again, we have been we've been shown time and time again in the NFL that first round picks, trading future first round picks don't matter because once you put names to those picks, then all of a sudden they're in context. But before that, their value is sky high. So I think we overvalue draft selections oftentimes. But when it comes down to it in this draft, I just don't see right now the reason for spending the ammunition that it takes to move up to 14, 15, 13 or so, unless you're moving up for a falling quarterback. That's that's just me. Now, when I take a look at where it would make sense for the trade up, it would be into the low or let's say early 20s, 20, 21, 22, 23. And the reason why I look at that is because, hey, maybe you want to secure the fact that you get a cornerback in the first round, right? And so you have a couple of cornerback needy teams that are in that early group of 20s, get ahead of them, make sure that you get at least one of the cornerbacks that you want, at least get in front of the Tennessee Titans at 22, because you know they're going corner. You're already going to lose a corner to the Arizona Cardinals at 16 for certain. So you really need to get into that range. And so in order to get there, if you take a look at draft charts and things like that, draft value, draft pick value charts, excuse me, it'll probably take you your first round pick, pick number 28, and then some combination of late day two, early day three selections. You can do a first and a third, and that helped me in the at least the draft network mock draft simulator move up to 21 with the Indianapolis Colts. That might not be fully realistic, though. You might have to throw in the sixth round pick or throw in an extra selection or an extra future third or future fourth or something like that. But that for me is where it makes the most sense for the Saints to trade up. So in our first seven round mock draft here, that's exactly what I did. I traded from the Saints their first round pick, pick number 28, as well as pick number 98. And I threw in a future fifth round pick because you know they're getting compensatory picks next season at this point to get up to pick number 21 with the Indianapolis Colts. And with that selection, I took Greg Newsom, who was who had fallen a little bit further than I expected him to. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals ended up going with Caleb Farley. So really, it would have just been whichever one of those two guys was on the board. I wanted to get ahead of Tennessee to get a corner. That was my goal. We were able to do that. So we start off with Greg Newsom at pick number 21. Then I traded up again in the second round just to show that we could do it. Uh, I went ahead and traded pick 105 and then a second round draft pick from next year. I know that's a little pricey, but that's what I went ahead and went with. Might have gotten away with a future third and a third from this year, things like that. The big thing and the reason why I traded next year's third is because I wanted to hang on to pick number 60 in this draft. So that was one of the reasons why I ended up doing that. So you could also move 60 and 105 as opposed to moving next year's second and and this year's 105, however you want to look at it. So that's the way that I went with it so I can maintain pick number 60. With that, I traded up to 46 with the New England Patriots, a known trade partner, and drafted wide receiver Terrace Marshall Jr. Now I know it is an LSU wide receiver. I get it. Go ahead, roll your eyes. It's fine. But really consider this to be whatever the seventh wide receiver is off the board which could be any combination of 
Terrace Marshall, Kadarius Sony, or Elijah Moore. If you like any of them, then this makes sense for you. I was able to hold on to pick number 60, and I'm glad that I did because for whatever reason, Gregory Rousseau in this draft fell all the way down to pick number 60, and there was no way I was going to pass up on an edge rusher that should be a late first rounder at worst and then grab him here at pick 60. So I was able to do that. Again, that seems to be a little bit unrealistic, but you can replace him with another edge rusher or defensive lineman that you really like. At pick 102, yeah, I traded up again. This time, I pulled a trade all of the day three picks in order to move up into day two because I feel like with the draft evaluation process this season being very much what it was like last season, this feels like something the Saints could look to do again, take day three off for the most part, and go ahead and turn their eyes to undrafted free agency as opposed to focusing on some of these early day three special teamers. So what I was able to do here was trade picks 133, 218, and 255, did hold on to one of those seventh round picks. That's our fourth, our sixth, and then one of the sevenths to move up to pick 102. And I took a flyer on Dylan Moses, the linebacker out of Alabama. I'm going to be honest, I'm not the biggest Dylan Moses fan. Uh, He's somebody that hasn't really gotten the opportunity to really live up to his hype, but it's pick 102, right? You're just outside of the top 100. He's sitting there. He was the best rated linebacker left on the board. Could have reached down a little bit and gone for Monty Rice or Tony Fields, but I decided, no, let me go with the six foot three, 230, 240 pound, just absolute monster of a person uh, and and go ahead and give him a shot and, and see what happens. So bringing Dylan Moses back to Louisiana, a little bit of a redemption story in that as well. And then at pick 229, I could have done it, y'all. I could have gone with Racy McMath just to make every just to just to keep with the meme, but I didn't. I tried somebody different this time. I went with Avery Williams, the cornerback out of Boise State. He's a big time special teams ace, both in coverage and as a returner. He is a really, really exciting and electrifying player. He doesn't have NFL size when it comes to his height by any stretch of the imagination. He's like five foot nine, around 180, 170 pounds. But the big thing is what you look at when you get from him as a kick returner, for instance, averaged uh, 27.4 kick return yards per season over at, or I guess over the course of his career over at Boise State with three kick return touchdowns, including two last year. He also had two punt return touchdowns last year, six total in his career, averaging 11.6 per return there. And he's also a very good special teams coverage player as well. So went ahead and took a flyer on a special teams guy at the end of the draft, much like how the Saints traded back into the draft last year to take Tommy Stevens, who was effectively going to be a special teams guy slash Taysom Hill clone. So it's kind of the same, similar, at least let me say, type of mindset there. So that is mock draft number one, trading up to get Caleb Farley at 21, trading up to grab Terrace Marshall or whatever receiver you choose at 46. Stan Pat at 60 to grab Gregory Rousseau, traded up to 102 to grab Dylan Moses, and then waited until the end of round seven to add a special teamer in Avery Williams. Next up, we'll take a look at one more seven round mock draft here for you to choose from this time, not trading up in the first, but traded up a bunch throughout again. So we'll take a look at that with the Saints Stan and Pat at pick 28 and what that could look like for them. We'll have that coming up for you next here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you, of course, by our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Listen to me. I tried a different protein bar the other day because I was in a pinch and I lost muscle, immediately atrophied. It was horrifying. I'm never trying another protein bar ever in my life. I'm only going 
with Built Bar. And every time that I eat a Built Bar, I get a brand new ab. I'm up to like 78, a 78 pack or something at this point. Built Bars are incredible. And now they're back and even more delicious than ever with six brand new amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You don't have to regret your decision while you're eating them either. And that's a really fantastic feeling to have while you're eating a protein bar, something that I didn't realize I could have. I didn't realize I could have that happiness, y'all, until I ate Built Bars. That's why I love them. Uh, Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for keto diets as well. These are incredible. Head over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and experience this happiness for 15% off of your next order. This is bliss and you get 15% off. What more? What more could you need? Head over right now, BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Again, it's BuiltBar.com. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Today through the 26th, listen to the ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL insiders like Hall of Famer Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenforna, Ross Tucker, and Brian Baldinger, as well as all of our local experts from every team making selections and trades, picking the next stars of their squad. So go and check it out. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Search for it over on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up today with our second seven-round mock draft. This one, we don't trade up in the first round, but we do continue to trade up throughout just to give us a couple of additional options and and looks at what those potential trades could look like. So I went a little bit different here. I wanted to start this off with an offensive lineman because we have to come to terms with the fact that an offensive lineman could be selected in the first round. But we have to understand too that because of the way the Saints mobilize and move around, you could still have a successful draft even if that were to happen. So at pick number 28, I drafted Texas offensive tackle Samuel Cosme. He is exactly what it is that the New Orleans Saints love in offensive tackles. He's big, six foot seven, 300 pounds, but he can scoot. He can move. He has one of the highest relative athletic scores of any offensive tackle with a 9.99, including a 4.87 40 yard dash at 314 pounds. That's north of 300. And then he's strong too, right? He doesn't. It's not a situation to where all of a sudden you're picking one over the other because he also has a 36-inch rep when it comes to the 225 on the bench. So you're seeing something really special from Samuel Cosme, and you're seeing all the things that the New Orleans Saints love when it comes to offensive tackles. Right now, there are no starting offensive tackles on the contract next season in 2022. Draft for the future a little bit. And also protect yourself just in case you should need to swing anybody out during the 2021 season as well. So we start off disappointing the entire fan base, right? By going with offensive linemen as opposed to a shiny, sexy pick. Now let's get to the shiny, sexy picks. We'll get to pick our round two rather to where I was able to trade to the Washington football team, pick 60 and 105 and to get, uh, and, and I did that to get up to pick number 51. So I moved up nine spots and I also added a seventh round draft pick as well, 244. That'll come in handy later. That move I made to move up and take Ifemela Funwu. And I grabbed him, the cornerback, out of Syracuse because he is athletically ridiculous. He is wildly like the measurables in terms of his physical profile are insane as well. 
So that was one of the reasons why I went for him. He's just a good package of all of that. Six foot two, 212 pounds. He's somebody that is one of those early day two picks that could be a starting corner for you. And he is just in, an incredible athlete on top of it all. So I went ahead, moved up, grabbed him. Moved up again to pick number 78. This was another one of those ones. I went right back to the Minnesota Vikings. I can't think of two franchises that have completely different draft philosophies. New Orleans Saints, fewest picks possible, best players possible. Uh, the the Minnesota Vikings throw spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks type of approach with their drafting. So I sent them four different selections from day three, picks 133, 218, 244, which I just got from Washington, as well as 255. And so I moved up to pick 78 with all of that. So this is very close to actually what the 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 move was for the Saints last year, where they moved up with the Minnesota Vikings to get to 105. With that, I was able to select Jabril Cox, a linebacker out of LSU. Again, if you hate the idea of the Saints drafting an LSU player, replace him with another good linebacker at that point in the draft, if you so choose. But this was a great way to cap off the second day, move up and grab a uh, a linebacker and fill another position of need. And in one position of need really remained here. I'd never addressed defensive line, but I'm going to skip over that. And I'm going to look at the wide receiver position here because there are just too many very good wide receivers in this class. One of the ones that the Saints visited with early on this offseason with Josh Bebe, who just has incredible athleticism. He's basically the wide receiver version of Ife Melifunwu, who we just talked about. So I traded pick 229, the seventh round pick that I kind of holstered away just in case, as well as next year's fifth round pick. Again, you know you're getting a compensatory pick to replace that anyway. So traded that fifth, moved up into the sixth round at pick 188 with the New England Patriots. Again, known trade partner and then grabbed Josh Imatur Bebe. And that was it. That's what I did for that draft. So the first one, I walked away with six selections. The second one, I walked away with five selections. This one, Samuel Cosme in round one at pick 28, didn't move. Moved up to grab Ife Melifunwu, the cornerback out of Syracuse. Moved up again to grab uh, Jabril Cox, linebacker out of LSU. Oh, at pick 98, I completely forgot to mention this. I grabbed Milton Williams, another extremely athletic and versatile defensive lineman. So I did address defensive uh, defensive line there. So I feel a little bit better. So I grabbed uh, Milton Williams at pick number 98 out of Louisiana Tech. Really good size, really good athleticism, all of that. And then pick number 188, traded back up there to grab Josh Bebe, the wide receiver out of Illinois, the fighting Illini, coming to New Orleans. So that's it. Those are the two drafts. I'll put them up over on Twitter. Let me know what you think. This is the only place you're really going to hear the trades. I might post the trades up on uh, the Twitter page as well. But, you know, hey, these are the perks you get for listening to Locked on Saints. So I appreciate you as always for being here. We'll be back tomorrow to continue to talk through the NFL draft. We're pretty much full on NFL draft moving forward. We'll have some guests here over the next week and a half before we get to the NFL draft to give us their wish list for the New Orleans Saints. We'll discuss our wish list. And I want to know your wish lists as well. So for Twitter Tuesday, and then again for Facebook Friday, we'll get some wish lists in. What do you want for the New Orleans Saints, whether it be a certain position, um, a certain player, you want them to make a certain move, things like that. You want them to trade back. It could be any of those things. It doesn't just have to be a player, right? You could say a starting corner. You could say offensive line depth, whatever it is that makes sense to you. Think about your wish list. I'll be asking for it here throughout the week. We'll get to that and much more as we continue on with another episode of Locked on Saints. We'll be back with you tomorrow. And don't forget, we're here with you five days a week. 
I appreciate you all, as always, for listening, rating, reviewing, and for helping to grow this family. Make sure you check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Now that you're done here, you can catch me over on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And don't ever, ever, ever doubt who that nation. I'll holla at you.